0: Welcome back to Distributing Joy, the podcast where we talk about the joys and unenjoys of working from home. I'm your host, Richard, a low-rent knockoff of an NPR commentator. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from several different parents about their experiences working from home with their kids. Instead of a back-and-forth question-and-answer session with each, you'll hear their interviews as short stories that cover some of the funniest at most interesting moments they've tackled while handling two jobs during the pandemic as both parents and work from homers. But before we dive into that, it would be impossible to record this opening without acknowledging the protests that have spread around the U.S. and the world following the horrific murder of George Floyd. A murder that occurred at the hands of armed police officers whose jobs are to protect and serve, but who often fail to do either for the black community. Two things. First, let me say unequivocally that black lives matter. Mattering is the bare minimum. Second, I think it's important, not just in this moment, but continually and from now on, for white people, and especially white men like myself, to continually acknowledge the utterly unearned privilege we greatly benefit from, a privilege born out of the darkness that is white supremacy. I grew up very poor. Spent most of my childhood in a trailer park. My mom had me when she was 15 years old. I have still benefited from a ludicrous amount of unearned privilege, thanks solely to being a white man. As a white man, I get to be seen as the default by the other white men who have held so tightly to positions of power. This has made it easier for me to get jobs and gain opportunities to advance my career, simply because in the eyes of the majority of the people with power, I fit the part. My mom never had to sit me down and tell me I needed to be careful around the police. No one has ever suspiciously followed me around a grocery store or shopping center. Random people don't angrily question whether or not I belong in a particular neighborhood or in the hotel where I'm staying. I am never accused of fitting the description when a random cop car drives by. I have not had to face policies that singled me out for being stopped and frisked because I looked quote-unquote suspicious. The point is, my life is made easier in ways that I can plainly see and in ways that I can barely hope to realize. And it's important to call out and to notice and to fight to ensure I do not apply the same conscious and unconscious bias that has benefited me to others. This cycle has to be broken. One very small way I hope to do this is by providing resources at the beginning of every podcast for the foreseeable future, a.k.a. most likely forever, that might help break this cycle. It might be a book to read or a nonprofit to donate to. For today's podcast, I'd like to recommend the book Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. This is a book I read several years ago and it had a real impact on me. It's an impassioned letter to Coates' teenage son, counseling him on the history of American violence against the black body and his extreme vulnerability to wrongful arrest, police violence, and disproportionate incarceration. And if you're thinking to yourself that last sentence seemed more thoughtful and well-crafted than you normally are, Richard, it's because it's from David Rimnick's review in The New Yorker. Clubhouse is taking concrete actions internally as well, completely separate from anything I say on this podcast. Visit clubhouse.io slash blog to learn more about that. But now we'll move on to the podcast itself. Today we're hearing from several parents about their experiences working from home with their kids. They were all interviewed over Zoom, of course, and these interviews happened a few weeks ago. I've mostly sought to keep their audio as natural as possible so that we can occasionally hear the chaos going on in their homes. Our first story is from Bridget, the VP of Customer Experience at Clubhouse. She balances that work with a little project she has going with her husband that involves raising their 8- and 4-year-old sons and their 9-month-old daughter, which sounds like an awful lot of work.
1: Yeah, it's rough. I they're all different ages too so obviously they're all into very different things my oldest one has schoolwork that he has to get done my middle child is still in preschool so it's more about like finding things to keep him busy all day and then my little one is just still so little she just wants to be held all of the time so between all of that and having a full-time job my husband having a full-time job it is a lot to juggle In the beginning, um, I think we were extremely well-intentioned as far as how we were going to figure out our working schedules, and, um, you know, when we realized that our kids would be home with us, um, we put together a whole schedule for the week. Um, We made sure that they had their schoolwork planned, um, and me and my husband would, we looked through our schedules. We made sure that we didn't have any overlapping calls, so that way one of us would always be off to help with the kids, and um you know it seemed like it was going to be i don't want to say easy but <laughs> it seemed like we were going to make it work and um the first day we actually sat down and tried to do it um my oldest he rushed through his entire workday of school in probably 11 minutes. Um, we had planned for my the nine-month-old to sort of take a nap between 9 and 11, and that's when we were going to get a big chunk of our work done. But she decided she didn't want to nap that day. And my husband's 9 o'clock call that was supposed to be over at 9.30 ran late. And we were just completely overwhelmed. And I think it was like 37 minutes into day one and our entire schedule went out the window and you know we, we were we i was sweating i was overwhelmed i had a baby in a carrier while i was trying to take work calls my four-year-old i was feeding him his like seventh snack of the day by 2 p.m um my eight-year-old just to keep him busy he was playing roblox all day long i think he played like six or seven hours of roblox that first day and you know what, we just, we had to do what worked for us. And um, I think that for those first couple weeks, it was, like I said, it was super overwhelming and um, I felt really defeated because I would go on to Facebook and Instagram and I'd look at all of my friends that had kids and they were doing arts and crafts and science experiments. And, you know, I felt like I was failing. And Um, after a while, I just kind of picked myself back up and I recognized that, um, you know, this isn't going to be a week or two and we need to figure out a schedule that works for us. And for us, that meant um, letting my kids do pretty much what they wanted to do all day. And I had one stipulation that for our mental health, um, every day at the end of the day, we we're all going to get together and we are going to take a walk. And that was literally my only stipulation. And they even sort of kicked and screamed about that. And as you can imagine, it was um, so. This was in in March, and I live in Connecticut, and it was about thirty degrees. So getting the entire family bundled up and outside for a walk was um, a tall task, but. We did it and you know once we got out the door the kids were riding their bikes and climbing trees and jumping in puddles and it just it felt really good and um we had this same walking path that we kind of walked on every day and one day we showed up and we saw this painted rock on the ground and um the, it said be happy with like a picture of a pea on it and as we sort of kept walking around our our walking trail we just saw more and more rocks and we saw like a peppa pig and another one that had a, a picture of a rock on it and said, or picture of a heart on it and said, you rock. And my kids got really excited about it. And every day we'd go back to on that same walking path. And by the end, I think there was about 35 or 40 different painted rocks all along the trails. And um, it made us really happy, like just those small things. And we later found out that there was a family that had done, painted them all and hid them along the walking trail just to bring some smiles to the community and um, it worked. And for my kids, you know, we, one of the things that we decided we were going to add to our list and hope to get around to is we want to make our own rocks. And we also want to hide them on those walking trails to bring some joy to other people. One of the things that I think was, was, really sort of upsetting for my kids is, after we kind of got through that first month and we were coming into the Easter holiday, like Easter for them signifies time with family and Easter egg hunts and, um, you know, leading up to that, I think they were they were starting to get a little bit bummed and a little bit saddened by everything that was going on and knowing that they weren't going to be able to spend Easter with their family was was kind of a, a little bit of a wake up call. Um, My sister, actually, she's a school psychologist, and she deals with a lot of kids, and she also recognized that this is going to be particularly challenging time, especially for the kids that I think, um, you know, are struggling the most, and she came up with this idea that she was just going to dress up in a bunny costume, which my mom just happened to have on hand, and get in the back of a pickup truck, and we're going to drive around the neighborhood and wave to all the kids, and, you know, just bring a little bit of a smile to their face. And it just sort of started off as an idea. And we told my family about it. And um, by the end of the week, we had 20 cars that were sort of signed up and ready to do this. And we spent the week sort of leading up to that moment, just decorating the cars. And I was like, perfect. This is art class for my kids. And um, we painted signs. and, And that next Saturday, it was like this gorgeous day. And we all met in a parking lot um, in my mom's neighborhood and my sister had actually put it on Facebook that we were doing this and the turnout was unbelievable. Like we ended up having a police escort and we drove through the neighborhood and there were parents and kids sitting on their lawn in beach chairs. And we drove through and the parents had tears in their eyes and the kids were like jumping up and down and waving at the Easter bunny. And, you know, it was, it was, a really emotional moment for me because it was sort of a, you know, I was also overwhelmed that I couldn't give my kids the Easter that I wanted to give them. But I also recognized that we were giving them new memories and a really special moment that they would remember for a very long time.
0: Mike and Vita both work in fintech. Mike is a director of engineering at Treasury Prime and Vita as a customer success manager at Marketa. They also have a quick, mischievous daughter who is nearly two years old. What's that like, working in the same industry from the same house while your almost toddler runs wild?
2: I mean, in a perfect world, we had talked about this. We had a great plan. The plan was going to be that we, you know, find a way to split the day. Uh, One of us will be on, you know, Nora duty. One of us will be working, and then we'll just switch and find that right balance. Now, the reality of it has not been the case. I think there's there's so many... You know, Vita has phone calls that come up with short notice, urgent, critical issues that come up. Um, you know, I, I also have things that come up unexpectedly. And so, uh, you know, as, as parents, our hope was to find the right balance where one of us could always be on. But I think the reality is, um, you know, I'll be holding Nora or you know, <laughs> be trying to hold on to Nora while on a phone call with the video turned off, you know, trying to keep her occupied. Um, and I'll be honest, it's it's uh we've gone too far on the sometimes Nora gets uh into trouble. You know, I think it's 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 uh we do our best to, to keep our eyes on her and, and try to also, you know, stay yeah. stay engaged at work. But um, you know, we had a couple of weeks into the pandemic, you know, we were in in one of these moments where Vita had like a, a fire going on at work. I had uh, a customer that was uh, that I was talking to. And so Nora, you know, I'm trying to keep two eyes on her, but uh, she sort of snuck away, and um you know i I feel like uh you know as 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 a couple as parents you know it's we have to find time for ourselves as well. Nora found um some uh some uh, fragrant uh massage oil that we um, you know keep in the bedroom for you know uh personal moments and things like that so it's uh Nora found this uh and decided to run all over the uh, the house with the Cap of this off and essentially dumped it all over uh the first floor of our house um and then started running around and then uh slipped and fell because it's now very uh you know uh, uh, slippery in the house so uh you know all it takes is 30 seconds and then it's literally you know chaos ensues so we it was a trying moment. I, you know, we had to clean up, it was, uh, but you know, Nora doesn't know any better. So she's, uh, she's just always exploring every day is an adventure for her. And, um, you know, we've, uh, we've not had any similar situations since, um, but it's, uh, it can be tough. It can be tough to keep, keep, uh, keep an eye on her.
3: I'm not doing yet here. Here we are.
2: <laughs> you specifically said, make sure you share that story.
3: I do not <laughs> do that. I mean, she loves to get into all the drawers, as as Mike talked about, but not just in the bedroom, also in the living room. So she'll, she'll find CDs and random things that we have stored away that we don't really use anymore. And, and she'll try to figure out ways to use them. So... Uh, one of her like new things is that she'll find our old Xbox games and she'll grab the CDs and she'll try to you know put them inside of the Xbox and she like can actually like now turn it on and like kind of navigate around with the controls even though I'm sure she's just like mashing buttons but somehow she can like get to what she's trying to do which is like maybe watch a random YouTube video of like Sesame Street and stuff like that so she's, she's like learned and like picked up these like random little things that she like understands, like, if I push this button, this thing will work in this way, maybe. And like, I know that like, I can get my music through this app or, you know, like, it's, it's really interesting to see how much she's grown and developed and like learned in this time as well, because we definitely lose that when she's at daycare you know, nine hours a day or whatever it is while we're at work in, like, you know, more normal times, of course.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm sure a lot of parents would frown upon this story because of, you know, all the folks that are anti-screen time and whatnot, but we're just trying to find creative ways to keep her busy, too, (laughs) but, uh, but no, I mean, I do think she's, like, learned a lot of things. I don't know if, like, because we've, you know, put in a special effort to teach her new things, or if she's just like picking things up from us, um, as you know, the day goes on, and we're trying to work, but also play with her and, and do stuff. So I mean, I've definitely noticed, like, she's gotten a lot more words in her vocabulary, she, um, you know, will pick something up and, and seems to understand what to do with it a lot better than she did before. And, and I think part of it is that she sees us doing those things throughout the day and and so she wants to figure it out too, and like understand how things work and I don't know that's that's kind of how I feel about it,
2: yeah, I think it's a lot of personal attention that she might not have yeah, you know at daycare, you know we play with bubbles, she likes to go outside, yeah I you know. She likes to go outside a lot more than I'd like to go outside. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, it, she seems to, um, you know, she's very curious. Obviously, yeah. she's a genius, so you know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> she's a
3: brilliant child. It's
2: amazing how much uh, <laughs> she's able to learn from all the, uh, you know, Sesame Street videos that we've uh, shown her. Um, you know, I, I think that yeah, it's it, the. I'm, I'm sure other parents are in the same boat, but it's it's just we had goals about screen time that have gone yeah, out the window with, it with just doesn't
3: 19, even so. matter anymore and i don't know that it's all that negative like
2: she's great at singing you know? yeah
3: she's great at singing she loves music she, she loves almost songs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and coco melon that's the other thing this is yeah. actually a paid yeah. advertisement for coco melon if you haven't checked it out this is this is um it's great it puts uh, you'll yeah. hear it in your sleep it's great
3: It's a YouTube channel where they'll take like all the nursery rhymes, all those old songs that we grew up with, but they make these, uh, you know, videos around them. Uh, So, you know, like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or like Old MacDonald, but it's like using these little characters that show up in all the music videos. Um, and so it's like this family and a bunch of animals doing all these different dances and songs and stuff.
2: Hundreds of millions of page views, right yeah. Hundreds of millions you of pages. You should page look views.
3: up their Wikipedia page. They make a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. They're based in SoCal.
2: That's right. <laughs> I think it helps to have activities that we can do with Nora that are not in the house. So it's, yeah. it's a way to disconnect um, just by... You know getting out of the house and things like that so we went and picked cherries in Brentwood mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a week ago that was um, you know sort of a pandemic friendly uh, socially distant activity that was outdoors and checked off all the boxes so yeah. that was you know those are sorts of things that I don't know that we would have thought to do you know if we weren't so desperate to get out of the house <laughs> and yeah that's worked well
3: yeah and I mean like going on a lot of hikes too we like walk around the neighborhood or every evening or at least on the days where it's not like scorching hot in the East Bay, we definitely try to like get some fresh air and, and take like a good hour to just kind of fully disconnect from all the digital devices and, you know, have some quality time with Nora too.
2: Yeah. So my parents live in Florida and she is, uh, in love with the duck that is, uh, the inflatable duck that lives in their pool. Um, oh it's it's sort of a uh it's now a meme I guess you might say that whenever we call up my folks they have to go and show Nora the duck um so you know <laughs> I think that that's that's sort of a special treat adds a little you know wrinkle to just uh you know talking about what's new in in the week um but you know it's 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 nice because I don't know what I would be talking about with my parents if Nora wasn't you know <laughs> on screen because uh you know, you can only you can only talk about how busy you are with work week in and week out without, uh, you know, um, letting it get a little dry. So it's it's that's I think it's she really uh, enjoys seeing, you know, poppy and Grammy.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah.
3: Maybe I think get to her sometimes, too. Oh,
2: yeah. They, the they
3: try to do those like little activities that you might only get in person over Zoom. So that's nice, too. That's
2: right.
0: Erin is a senior technical content strategist at coda.io. She also has two toddlers, twin toddlers. This sounds very stressful to me, a person who sometimes considers it stressful that his cat meows too much. Maybe Erin will tell us otherwise, or maybe she'll tell us about how difficult it is for toddlers to do ballet classes via Zoom. Let's find out.
4: The twins are three and a half, which is interesting. It's an interesting time, it especially makes for an interesting time right now. But um, they have definitely shaped my work expectations or expectations of work. Like, I even when I was, you know, before the work from home, I had expectations of work to like, I had to leave at four because I have to be at daycare pickup in Oakland at five or, you know, some days I would have to work from home because they have doctor's appointments or whatever. So basically as soon as they were born, they kind of superseded work, which I think is probably, you know, the same for a lot of people. But fortunately I've been in companies that are generous enough to meet those expectations. And yeah, right now is no different, thankfully feel like we're extremely blessed, not only at their age, they're fairly independent and they can do things themselves, but yes, that they have each other. Um, but like any brother and sister, twins or not, one second they love each other and one second they hate each other, like cannot stay on the side of each other. We are in a phase with Riker especially of like, she looked at me or even like the dog looked at me. Like this morning, I swear he was crying because the dog looked at his pancake. so I mean I think we're all just a little on edge because of that but yes thankfully they played well together and with each other's toys whether it's barbies or legos or like hot wheels they're both like very cooperative Uh, having twins is a challenge from day one like you're pretty much overwhelmed even like before you before they get here like while I'm still pregnant you're already overwhelmed just at the idea of like having two children um, fortunately, we don't have anything to compare it to because they were, they're our only kids. So we have just always kind of dealt with it and always tried to roll with the punches. And yeah, this hasn't been a lot different, but it's, I would say the hardest part is that we are all cooped up because we're used to being a family on the go. Like every weekend we had a very like suburban routine of going to the grocery store and swim lessons and ballet lessons and going hiking. and We were never home. So yeah, the hardest part isn't the fact that they're here. It's that we can't go anywhere, right? We can't even go to Target. We can't go to the grocery store. We can't go to like our favorite hiking spot. We are in the house or around the neighborhood. So it's been a lot of walks. Um, Yeah, a lot of, like, FaceTiming family or, like, FaceTiming their friends from daycare. We still did ballet lessons that were virtual, which were a complete disaster, by the way. Like, there's something about going to a physical location that, like, puts the kids in a mindset. But having the Zoom ballet classes, they literally just stood there like zombies and, like, watched watch the other people and that's how all the kids were like it would be a zoom class of like five kids and they would all just be standing there like with their faces so close just like watching the the teacher the entire time is hilarious but my daughter Margo was the one that was initially very interested in ballet but our class is actually ballet gymnastics so we thought that Riker would also be interested in that so we started going in January I think and one thing that already works against it is that it's sunday mornings like the class is at 9 a.m thankfully there's a donut place right down the street so like we would go to ballet and then we would get donuts and that was a thing right so like if anything they could just look forward to the donuts when the pandemic hit um we still actually went to to ballet because the classes were quite small and then before they decided to go to the zoom and then when they decided to go to zoom they kept the same class time, which is again, Monday or Sunday at 9am. But unfortunately for us, like our schedules had gotten later and later, like the kids had been staying up later and later. So just the fact that we are now having to get them up super early, already made them zombies in general. Um, But this, but just the ballet class in general, wasn't I would say engaging enough because they're little kids, right? They're, they're not doing actual ballet. It's like, okay, jump over this dot or, you know, hold pretend you're holding a beach ball in your arms. It's like very, it's like ballet basics, but again, for like a three-year-old. So it's already kind of luff. But then for the, the zoom, It was, you can tell the teacher was really trying. And she must have a roommate and she has two dogs. So a few of the classes were like her out on her balcony and her dogs are still like barking at people off the balcony in the background, which is hilarious. And then that kind of devolves into the kids just watching the dogs and not watching it. Or she tries to get the other kids to interact. So she'll mute and unmute people and be like, what's your favorite toy? Or we're pretending to be a butterfly. What color are your butterfly wings? And yeah, there's just frozen silence from every kid. And then you could hear the parents in the background being like, what is your favorite color? What color are your butterfly wings? Just like trying anything. Oh my goodness. It became the most frustrating thing for me. Maybe not Adam so much, but for me on Sunday mornings to like try to goad our kids into participating into this ballet class that I had paid for that I was just like, we're not doing it. We're not doing this anymore. It was just, it became so incredibly frustrating. And I'm sure it was frustrating for her too. And another funny thing is that at the end of every ballet class, she would give you a piece of paper to color. And she would still, after the Zoom classes, she would send us a picture, like a coloring picture in our emails as if we were going to print. Who has a printer? Like this. Usually, who still has a printer these days? We don't have printers, and we're not going to like Kinkos to print this, right? So the kids would be like, "Where's my coloring thing? Where's my coloring page?" No, like just yeah, that's it's not happening. So yeah, needless to say, we haven't gone for like the last two classes because it just we're over it. Maybe if the kids were a little bit older, it would have been different. Or if they had taken the class longer and were like more into it, because I've seen other people that have very successful Zoom classes, but yeah, not us.
0: Andrew is the co-founder and chief design officer of Clubhouse. He has one son who is four years old. Raising a four-year-old while working from home is, as we've already heard from some of the interviews, and as we could all probably just go ahead and assume regardless, it's uh, not all that easy. What if also that four-year-old had major allergies that kept him from being able to just sit around all day eating chicken nuggets, like I'm pretty sure I did when I was four,
5: and also when I was 34? My, my wife, Darla, and I made this person, which was crazy and, and pretty cool. Uh, it's been quite a project. He's definitely a handful. Like he, uh, He's got all kinds of crazy food allergies. And so that's been, it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been, it's been really interesting and, and crazy, uh, to, to have a kid that has like crazy food allergies and you, you, you go on kind of like, you kind of start exploring the world of food in ways that you never imagined, uh, you would, uh. Because, you know, normally, I feel like most people actually just have normal, you know, you're either going to eat pizza or, you know, there's hot dogs. There's like so much uh, just, you know, types of food that are kind of taken for granted. I feel like so we've, we've had to, we've learned a lot about like how to make a burger that doesn't have you know, any of the stuff that he's allergic to. And we've done it. We have did it. And and my wife has always had kind of like a experimental streak in terms of food. And I've always been very happy to be the guinea pig. Uh, There was a period where she was trying out raw food. I don't know if you've ever heard of raw food. I think that might still be a thing. Um, and we had this dehydrator, this like three hundred dollar plastic box uh and you just turn it on for like a week, and then out comes this completely different thing, completely different substance than what you put it put in um, and that was that was a, a that was an experiment that did not succeed, but we learned a lot, you know through failure you you learn um, <laughs> and uh but but she's used that that kind of experimental streak to to you know we've we've learned a lot about all kinds of different uh ingredients and foods that that approximate you know pizza or burgers or uh so So there's, there's very specific brands and very specific um, uh, items that like we, we have a, we have a pretty, we build up a pretty good list. Like he can eat soy now and oats. So that, that actually opened up a a whole big world of food that he can have. So, um, but the problem is that a lot of the options out there either don't taste good or he just doesn't like it. He's, he's also on top of having all these food allergies. He's very picky, as any four-year-old is has a, has a right to. Uh, so you know, we have specific stores and specific brands and specific items that that we find. And um, uh, it's it's been like that part of it's been fine. I think it's just you know we've we have to be like extra super duper careful about making sure that we're, we're not like taking any risks right now, given like uh, what's going on uh, not to, not to take this in a <laughs> like super serious direction, but you know, he, uh, we, you know, we did we don't want to end up in a situation where we have to like go to the ER during a pandemic <laughs> yes, we if do. we can avoid it. So um but it's been it's been fine you know we darla's actually gotten really good at making gluten free like allergy free bread um and like we made chocolate um chocolate brownies yesterday and they were really good for the first half hour uh while they were still warm so in a lot of a lot of cases, it's it's really about eating it while it's while it's still hot.
0: <laughs> Not the sort of stuff that that maintains its uh, oh yeah its tastiness as it as it cools
3: down.
5: Yeah, it it came with uh, I mean one of the main ingredients was sweet potato in it, and today we just had some and it it tasted like you know sweet potato that had been sitting out for two days you know it's definitely like this is not a normal work from home experience right like this uh it 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 pains me to think that people are experiencing working from home for the first time during a pandemic and thinking like this is what it's like because it's it's clearly not uh especially for 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 parents um you know like we've got You've got good days and bad days (laughs) (laughs) that like there are days where Elliot will wake up and he'll say, I'm going to do good listening today. You know, I'd say half of the time he says that. And then from there about there's a 50% chance that he actually will. So if you take those two together, it's actually a 25% chance that he's, he's going to, actually do good listening. It's a complete crapshoot uh,
0: I, I love that there are days where he's not going to do good listening and then you at least you know it's not going to oh, be yeah. any good listening.
5: Oh yeah, sometimes he'll say like I'm not going to do good listening today. And he's just letting you know like I mean it, I kind of appreciate it cuz then I can just get ready for it. Like oh today's going to be one of those days. But Very some days, some, some days are great. Like he's listening. He's he's not throwing out uh, uh, you know most of his food. Uh, he's actually doing what we're asking him to do, and it's it's wonderful. Uh, but you know, it's uh, I will say, my my wife Darla is doing a, a an amazing job uh, with homeschooling. Like she's not, she's not a professional homeschooler, um, but, you know, it's like having, having tried myself to do like some of this work myself w- within like a half an hour, you're, you want to just explode. His school, it, it seems like every school is kind of making up, making it up as they go. Cause they're all like, it's, I'm I'm assuming it's just complete chaos within the school system right now. Uh, So each school is kind of deciding what they want. Like we know uh, a friend of ours has a four-year-old who has to sit in front of a computer in front of a Zoom call for two, three hours a day. Can you imagine a four-year-old like (laughs) sitting in front of a computer, like not, not turning it off or not like... You know, uh, like going to a different, like not immediately closing the window or closing the computer or just walking away. (laughs) Uh, So he doesn't have to do that. LA doesn't have to have to do that. They have one, uh, basically one FaceTime a week with his teacher who his teacher has two kids of her own. So most of the most of the phone call with his teacher is her yelling at her kids <laughs> uh, for for good reason I mean they're like yelling they're they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the background uh, but i mean it's it's a lot of it, it's funny because it's a lot of uh a lot of YouTube. It's a lot of, like, instead of, you know, sitting down to read a book with a teacher, it's sit down with this random stranger on YouTube who's going to read you a book. And it's always like, you know, the sound's always different, and the lighting is bad, and um, it's just this random person's kind of bizarre tone of voice. (laughs) Each time. Each time it's totally just... You have no idea what you're gonna get when you open up this, this YouTube video that you're just showing to your kid. There's a, a guy who has a character named Blippy, for example. And Blippy is, there's a very interesting story actually behind Blippi. Um, there's a Buzzfeed article about him. Uh, he, he used to be like this kind of shock comedian, like gross out comedian. He pivoted to children's uh, programming as as one does of course. and he's you know talking about garbage trucks he's showing off like all the garbage truck safety features and going into a uh, sanitation site where they separate like you know recycling material and he's wearing uh he's wearing like Bright neon green suspenders and then bright neon green uh, glasses, and is doing all these crazy dance moves and everything. And it's the most grating uh, experience. But to a, like a four-year-old, it's like crack. You know, it's the most amazing thing that they've ever seen. Uh, and there's just so much of that on YouTube. You know, it's it's like every week, it's it's like what can we how can we kind of engage and and get him interested and in being curious about the world and art and science and all, all of that, math. Um, because a lot of it really is just like repetition and memorizing like letters and, and numbers and words and sounds. Like having to I do you remember having to write your name. So we we try to get through that and just offer, you know, incentives um, throughout the day. But it's it's hard. It's definitely there there are you know moments in particularly hard, stressful, tense moments, heated moments. You know, my wife will just say uh half jokingly, Serenity now. <laughs> and then Elliot has his version, which is Shrememity uh, now. And, you know, neither of those actually work. Um, but it is really, it is still fun to say Shrememity now, I
0: think. Drew is the director of digital marketing at Clubhouse. She also has a two-year-old daughter who once almost spoke to me during a meeting, but then thought better of it and found something more interesting to do. I'd recommend finding something more interesting to do as a solid choice for almost anyone who is about to listen to me say something lucky for you. We're about to switch away from me to Rudan, who will tell us about her experiences working from home with her two-year-old
6: here's hoping to, um, this being a temporary situation, right? Like this is very different than the normal uh, remote working with a child for parents to be working remotely from home experience. Um, the, I think you probably do hear from everyone else the same story of simply juggling two full-time jobs between two adults and we're lucky in that we only have one child granted as a toddler who just turned two and who's not verbal and can take orders or command rationally. Um, needs a lot of attention however is just still you know the same experience as every other uh, pair of working parents where you all of a sudden have um, the responsibilities of keeping up with work as well as keeping up with the full-time demand of a a child and also just everyone being home together there's a lot more chores to be completed a lot more um, home related tasks to be done, especially as your child is like causing a trail of destruction constantly uh, in an apartment. I should add that we we live in a a basically semi-urban area in an apartment right near New York City. So that also means we don't have outdoor space to chase the child out into um, readily. So everything mostly happens inside at home, everyone cooped up together. So that's been the main challenge. Juggling and also just the space constraint. We're probably lucky compared with many people in that we both work in the tech industry in companies that uh, are used to having remote employees. My husband's job is actually 100% remote, even in normal times. So um, we have a decent setup, but then mainly it's just juggling each other's meeting schedule as well as. You need quiet time to concentrate and actually get things get things done, right? So we essentially look at each other's calendars each day, block off all of each other's meetings, and then um, also block off quiet working time from each other's calendar. If you look at my Google Calendar right now, there are chunks of time where there you can see meeting time meeting titles. There are also chunks of times where it's just as busy. I block it off as a different color code on my own calendar so I know it's my husband's meeting and then that's my childcare segments. So everything is very much like the workday to be honest, the collective workday is much longer now. Uh, We start basically, you blend the workload of childcare and the workload of workplace together to form one continuous workday is much less compartmentalization in terms of how your day uh, kind of spans out versus before right before before working hours was child care time during working hours is purely working hours and then afterwards it's was child care time again now it's just like a continuum uh, switching back and forth between the two kind of streams and <clears throat> yeah so <laughs> somehow we, we have a system down but it's definitely has not been easy so we're doing our best, um, but I don't think it's like necessarily a heroic act. It's not a rocket science, uh, per se, to to look at each other's calendars for the next week. You know, we luckily have a door that closes between the office space and the rest of the apartment. Nevertheless, they're French doors that see-through. Um, so it's... It it does happen that when my daughter comes by and sees me sitting at a desk and just, like, you know, has a craving for my attention, probably, like, I'd say maybe twice a day or so. Um, Actually, it's been seen by a lot of colleagues on video calls that you see a toddler kind of pressing her nose against the French door glass trying to look in. Um, But, I mean... It is what it is, right? like this is extraordinary time, so that all the coworkers understand that this this will happen, and my husband very quickly generally panic stricken whisker away again, that's seen on camera by by colleagues as well, <laughs> um and vice versa. I would add that we we try to try our best to get our child to go down for a long nap during the day so that the two of us can both get work done. That's actually a very crucial element to us, being able to uh, both perform in our jobs at more or less the same level of productivity. If she's older and doesn't nap, I think that would uh, very much multiply the challenge uh, of juggling a full day together. After lunch every day, one of us is just inevitably walking somewhere uh, with her in the stroller actually my husband is doing that right now i could hear him forcing her into her stroller and then um uh, we'll walk around the neighborhood until she falls asleep and then hurry back and we actually just park her in the foyer of our apartment where it's really dark and she just sleeps in in, in the stroller for two hours and then um um on days with bad weather we just have no options but to go up and down the hallway in our apartment. Building on the funny thing is you do see other parents uh, doing the same thing once in a while. Uh, Just taking laps up and down the hall until your child is asleep in the stroller so you can get back and get two hours worth of work done. One of the hardest uh, segments of our lives, even harder than having a newborn during that uh, those kind of hectic months um simply it's just there's some level of psychological guilt right like every parent feels when you juggle and you're doing your best and there's like a matter of the quality of the parent's life too that in normal times we take for granted um but during this time it's just like you're not taking care of yourself as well as you like you're not it would mean, be lying to say that you're doing 100 percent of your normal um uh, productivity level and or performance level at work uh i'm just being honest right like we do our best to reach as close to a normal level of productivity as possible but it like it is what it is a person can only do so much and then um, and then with regards to your kids' development, we're not really able to give her any educational stimulus as, as schools uh, can do systematically. So I think the frustration a lot of times, aside from just purely dealing with the moment, it's also just psychological, emotional, feeling drained and exhausted from it all. But... As I said, hopefully it's a, it's a temporary situation, and I'm sure when um, the pandemic is over, people will no longer take for granted a lot of the small pleasures and the small sense of well-being uh, scattered throughout the day when your child is peacefully playing with playmates in daycare or school, and then you're able to get work done 100%, and then able to go out and grab a coffee when you want to. So <laughs> here's hoping that day comes sooner rather than later. We used to, I would say, our, our building used to have a common room where one of us could retreat to if we need to, but that has since been closed due to social distancing uh, requirements. So, yeah, we just share a standing desk, well, a desk that goes up and down, which, again, is one of my daughter's favorite toys now. She, she, she loves pressing the button on our standing desk um, to make it go up and down during unexpected moments during meetings. But I mean, it is magical for a two-year-old, such a large piece of equipment that yields to her, to her action, to her command. She also loves my headphones, obviously. But I would say screens, electronic devices and screens have figured more prominently in our lives since this whole remote working with child scenario began, right? Because we all three... I would say 80, 90% of the time each day are facing some sort of screen. My husband and I most likely, we're like looking at our laptops while it's your shift to work or you're looking at your phone while you're doing childcare duty, trying to stay on top of things in case someone is slacking you. And then my daughter is generally looking at a tablet or watching cartoons on TV. So everybody's just on a screen all the time.
0: I also asked each interviewee what they're most looking forward to when things get back to normal, or at least mostly back to normal. Here's what they said. Bridget?
1: For me, I am most looking forward to spending time with friends and family. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough that I've had some interaction with my mom who lives lives close, um, but I, I, you know, I think, this moment sort of puts things in perspective, and you don't need fancy vacations or, you know, to go out to nice restaurants or, you know, whatever it is that I think I probably put a little bit too much importance on before. Like, the most important thing is sort of spending time with family and friends, regardless of where that is, and I can't wait to have more of those moments.
0: Mike and Vida.
3: For me, I think it is all of the activities that we used to be able to do with Nora in terms of, like, going to the park or, like, taking her to her music classes or, like, taking her to, like, this, like, little Gymboree gym. Like, I feel like I didn't appreciate those things as much until they were taken away. And I I think that, like, having those programs and those options available again would be really really valuable and just like super helpful with, you know, keeping a toddler happy and active and, and, you know, not like, you know, I don't want to say like losing our minds, but sometimes it is hard on the weekends when you can't like even just go to the playground, like those things. I, I feel like I'll be really happy to have back and, and obviously having the option to like go to some of our like favorite restaurants and like, you know, being able to see friends and family. Um, more regularly, of course, those are all things that that I'll be really happy about once once we can again.
2: That's a lot, but I was gonna say Sorry. Bart. <laughs> I was gonna say right. I, I miss Bart. You know, just that commute, popping in those AirPods, getting a good thirty forty minutes to myself. You know that <laughs> that's uh, it'll be the the simple things, Richard. That's yeah. that's that's what I'm. That's what I think I'm looking forward to. And traveling, we missed out on uh, a number of trips already this year, and. Uh, I I don't know. We're due for now some extravaganza next year and year <laughs> after when everything's clear up. So Aaron.
4: <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard of this game called Animal Crossing, but it's one of my favorite games ever. And I had I like bought the special edition Switch and I like had pre-ordered the game and everything, and it was coming out on like a Friday, I think. And Ow. It was March 19th, which was the Friday after the shelter in place started. So like I had planned on taking the day off of work and it was like all day couch fest with snacks and animal crossing and like just a me day. And yeah, that didn't happen because like I said, then shelter in place happened and then the kids were home. And even though I've still gotten to play a lot, like I wanted, I still want to take a day off. Like I want to reclaim that day. Um, and like have more than two hours to myself. I want to be able to take a shower without someone coming in and being like, are you taking a shower? Like, can I also get in the shower? Like, can I bring a toy into the shower or can I just like stand outside the shower and watch you take a shower or like, let me let the dog into the shower. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to some self care, um, but I'm also looking forward to stuff that I don't know when is going to happen. Like, I want to go back to the store. I want to go to the movies. You know, I want to go have brunch. I want to like do things that seem so normal that I guess maybe I took for granted. And like I said, I don't know when that will happen, but I look forward to it whenever it does.
2: Perfect.
0: Andrew.
5: Obviously it's going to be nice to be able to see people again in person and uh for him to for elliot to be getting more you know in-person interaction because i think the zoom uh version of that that we're doing right now is just isn't isn't really that great (laughs) it's the best we can do but it's it's so nice to be able to you know hang out with people in person um and especially for him, like I think he's he's uh for, for Elliot, he's he can be uh you know, standoffish. He's a lot like me in a lot of ways, because he'll he'll the way it was described was like he'll in his playgroup before pre-K, it was a lot of like quiet quietly judging the room. <laughs> <laughs> quietly criticizing and not really engaging and I was like oh no like, that's, that's me that's 100% my genes and, and my DNA <laughs> it's who I am as a person and I gave that to him isn't that amazing <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but I bet he definitely needs he needs to be around kids his age uh, so, it, it, you know, we we talk a lot about like what, what we're going to do and where we're going to go um, when things open up again, like the Natural History Museum in Manhattan, um, go to the planetarium, uh, you know, go to the, just, just being able to go to the playground, honestly, would be nice. It's so sad to see playgrounds kind of locked up right now.
6: Andrew Dan. to be able to just like obviously send my daughter back to her school and safely without having to worry too much about the, the safety aspect of it um and then resume our, our normal daily routine of getting her to school my husband and i used to stop at our favorite coffee shop uh, in the area on the way back and just grab a coffee and come back and work in peace and have a, an apartment that's not destroyed um and also just the fact that everyone can uh, have their own space yet again that the soothes their own needs instead of being all mixed together and juggling so many things yeah that's that morning coffee on the way back from daycare drop off is probably the thing that's holding me together right now
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. As always, the Joy is produced by Clubhouse, a very good project management tool. Now, how good is very good, you ask? Well, there's only one way to find out. Visit clubhouse.io to sign up and give us a try. You shouldn't have to project manage your project management. Thanks again. We'll see you back here in a couple of weeks.